Welcome to Holistic Human Performance Podcast. My name is Jenna Bradshaw, where we talk all things holistic health, wellness, spirituality, fitness, meditation, energetics, and so much more to help you become the healthiest version of yourself. Let's dive in. This is not medical advice. This is simply to help you on your journey through health, fitness, and wellness. I hope this helps. You can complement this with anything that you are doing currently in your life. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Bradshaw, and today we have a very special guest, my dear friend, Mary Cognat, and I am so excited to take a deep dive into her holistic living, and she holds phenomenal breath work uh, classes that it's holotropic breath work. It is absolutely outrageous. One of the most amazing euphoric experiences I could have ever actually experienced without even taking any type of psychedelic drug. So I'm excited to really take a deep dive into your knowledge behind this and kind of what even got you into um, breath work and the holistic living. So welcome to the podcast, Mary. So good to see you. You too. So why don't you tell us a little bit, um, you know, about yourself and then kind of how you even got into what you do today. Okay. So um, I live with type one diabetes. And so that pretty much kicked off, you know, my health journey when I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. By the time I was, I think 15 or 16, I'm listening to a dietitian tell me eat all these carbs. And that back in the day, I can say that because I'm now 47, but back in the day, it was nine to 11 servings of complex carbohydrates a day. Mm. I remember as a kid, like, of course, not having the foresight I have now, but as a kid, I was like, okay, do what the doctor says, but this is destroying me. Like how is nine to 11, you know, servings of carbohydrates good for a diabetic, let alone anybody. So I started asking questions like, oh, well, that's just how it is. I'm like, that's not good enough. Like that is not okay. That's no, sorry. So, and this was at a young age too. So I commend you for, <laughs> like I commend early- you for having that you know, um, mindset of, of want being curious, curiosity, like this doesn't feel right in my body. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And of course, like my blood sugar levels were proof of that. It's like, this doesn't work. Like why, why do you tell people to do it this way? Anyway? So I, I coasted through, you know, my early twenties living in New York city. And, um, I always forget about this, but there was a, a grocery stores way before Whole Foods and way, way before co-ops. And it was called um, uh, Healthy Pleasures. It was in Union Square. And so I worked in the city. I lived in Brooklyn and I, I ventured in there one day and I was like, what the hell is going on here? What is, what is this stuff? What's carob? I remember thinking like, what are these things? And like being so mind blown and almost feeling like I was in a place I didn't belong. I was like breaking into some like world that I, didn't, I felt so uncomfortable because I had no idea what spelt was, what gluten was. Of course, I wasn't uh, celiac at that point, but there were so many things and like, I was trying to wrap my head around it. So of course I bought some books there. I'd come home with things. I didn't even know what they were. You know, the carob um, mixes this back in the day, there was like soy nuts. People ate a lot of soy nuts, the flavored ones and whatever. So I would bring all this stuff home with like my six or seven heavy plastic grocery bags on the train and like literally be in tears 
getting in the house because I was full of stuff because I, my, my wonder was less like, boo. Um, mm. so I started getting into things then that was probably, I was around 24, 25 at the time. And so at that point in my life, I was writing music and trying to be a little bit of a rock star. Um, my roommate at the time in Brooklyn was a sound engineer for Prince Studios in, in Midtown Manhattan. So he had heard me sing and was like, I'll do your demo. Get out of town. You're partying too much. I won't get, to, I won't get into that story, but you're partying too much. Go somewhere. Is there somewhere you can go? And I'm like, well, there's a guy like in Portland and I can go visit him, I'm sure. So I went there. I was supposed to be for two months, August of 20. Oh my God, what year was that? August of 2001. And I was supposed to come home in October, 2001. And 9-11 happened right in the middle of it, which was also happened to be my then boyfriend's birthday. So it was just like, what the hell? What am I gonna do? Couldn't go home. By the time I went home for Christmas, I was getting my syringes taken away. So there was a lot of like trepidation about going back to New York just because it was, it was just fearful, right? Right. Um, and a woman that I was gonna be moving in with had given the apartment away because she was going back to Israel, lots of stuff going on with her. And so I stayed in Portland and it took about a year and a half. Granted, like the rain's terrible. I don't care what anybody says. The rain's terrible. But the biggest thing that I got from being there was like um, just access to food and all the rules that the that most of the restaurants partook in, which was to get most of their ingredients within a hundred square miles. So there was a program, like I was like, why would they do that? So, so my, my brain kept putting out these curiosities and like, then I'd go and study and then I'd read another book and then I'd do this thing. And then 2005, I started, no, it was 2006. I started consulting previous life. I was installing, um, electronic health record software and helping with strategy and workflow. That was my career for a while. And, but at the same time, I wanted to go to IAN, which was in New York. So mm. at the time, the Institute of Integrated Nutrition, you had to go in person. Mm. So I took advantage of flying home every weekend. I could go wherever I wanted to, as long as it was within range of cost. So I was in, living in Portland, working in LA. My boyfriend was in San Francisco and school was in New York. So it was just like this constant, if think about it now, like makes me sweat because I'm like, how the hell did I do that? But it was really important for me to go. And I, I didn't go with the intention of wanting to be a health coach. In fact, I didn't even know that was what it was about because I just looked quick, thought about it, read about it. And I just somehow like glazed over the whole going to be a health coach thing. I really mm. wanted to get as much information about nutrition as I could in one place. So I was adventurous. I was still in my you know late twenties and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is happening. So of course you learn a lot there. You learn a lot about different uh, food programs and concepts and ideas. And, and the beautiful thing about nutrition, as I'm sure you know, is that everybody's right and everybody's wrong. So right. I got more. So with all that knowledge, I got into like, okay, what is affecting me at the time I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So I just started school diagnosed with Hashimoto's told I needed to take a pill for it. And I was like, for how long? Like for the rest of your life? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> like right at the time this woman named Andrea Beeman was speaking at the school and she was talking about how dairy this that and the other thing is inflammatory I had just started reading articles about um, dairy promoting type 1 diabetes in you know in the body which is just it's just one variable it's not the entire right. thing 
I was learning about it and I literally just stopped all dairy. Like I just stopped. Uh, at the same time, my now husband was working on the Got Milk campaign. <laughs> so it was always like a challenge. It was always like, oh, you're going to do this? But what about this? Like my whole life has been like, oh, you want to do this? Here's your challenge. And like, uh, uh, but, and he's talking about, oh, milk's this and milk's that. And the campaign was hilarious. And it was really funny. I'm just like, no, I, I think it's, I think it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I say this, that I'm like, yeah, but the vitamin D in the milk can't be absorbed. So it, it sort of triggered my, my dive into like biochemistry and like how the body uptakes and what the body does with the food that we eat. Mm. So I went on this journey for years. That was all about food. And then I started understanding what we're putting our, on our skin also becomes food because our body yep. it. So I got really deep into the natural beauty sector. Um, I have a class that I'm bringing back that we spoke about earlier because it's so important. People don't understand, you know, what's on the skin. Um, a little further on down the line, I discovered plant medicines and for years, and I'm saying years, um, at least, at least four years, I was like, I'm called to do one of these. It was an ayahuasca journey. I'm called to do it. But every single shaman that I interacted with wouldn't work with a type one diabetic. Mm. And then, you know, now that I know better is okay. Well, those are the people you don't want to work with because the, the real healers and the people who are actually going to serve to help you get better are strongly connected to the medicine. And they don't say no to anyone unless there's a contraindication with medications heart problem. There's a few contraindications, but diabetes is not one of them. Mm -hmm. So it took years and then eventually it fell in my lap and I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going. And that was wonderful. And I'd done that a few times. And so I got more into the plant medicine healing to get energy out. Cause I started understanding that, you know, what's in the body is energy and it's actually causing distress. Mm -hmm. And I had to look at it from a different perspective because when you feel something, you're like, okay, I feel this. How do I get it out? I'm going to go run. I'm going to put my feet in the dirt. I'm going to do all these things, but are we expelling that energy? So right. the grandmother medicine helps you expel this energy quite physically. So it's fairly challenging, um, but it's a very physical and a very purifying, glorious experience. It's just incredibly challenging. So around that time, I think I had done my last ceremony and then the year that following year, I was drawn to Erin Telford, who, you know, she's on Instagram. She's a wonderful human. I was just called to her and, and it was like breathwork. I'm like, oh, you know, I studied pranayama. It was good for me. I'm a yoga teacher. At least, you know, I'm certified. I don't practice, but let's get into that because that's calling me. Long story short, I start her program. And the first time I do the breathwork, I'm literally laying there feeling like I'm being electrocuted going, what the is this? Oh my God. <laughs> Because my whole body just like, <clears throat> and like, I could feel, I felt like um, I had an elephant sitting on my second chakra. I couldn't move. I couldn't lift my body. And after the fact, like I couldn't walk afterwards. So I tell this to people because I'm, I'm an extreme case. I have a lot of PTSD and trauma. People like me are not to be taken lightly because you can't just do breath work and get out and everything's fine. You want to be, you know, coached out of it and integrated and recommended to see a therapist if necessary, but it's a very, very powerful experience. So I did seven weeks with her and mm. every week was like, it was mind blowing. And 
in, in comparison to doing a plant medicine, which is very cathartic, you have to take time off. You have 30 days of a diet to, to prepare the body. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I'm super, super grateful that it's out there. I love it. I recommend it to everyone. However, it is a very, very big commitment. And if you want to do it right, you go to Peru or you go somewhere else. You don't do it in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, I, one day I'll do a talk on that. Um, but it, it was, it's so extreme. And I feel like what I got out of the breath work, like I was tapping into stuff that ayahuasca never brought up. Mm. Never. So these fears that I had as a, as a kid and even as an adult, I didn't understand where the fear came from. So I use the, the story of red often because I didn't know why the color red gave me anxiety. When I first started driving, I stopped at a stop sign. I'm looking at the red. I'm just like, I would start getting heart palpitations and I didn't know why. And if I wore red, the world was going to end. It was just like this, you know, it, something was very, very deeply woven into me as like this fear around the color red. Yeah. And during a breathwork session, it was a story that I was telling normally with a therapist or a friend having zero, you know, uh, emotional connection to it. And finally in a breathwork session, it was like, oh no, this is it. And I was just wow. like, so you could tell all these stories in your mind intellectually, right? But because our body has put us in disassociation mode, you can't feel what comes along with it. Like you might get upset, you talk about it, or it comes up, you're with a therapist, but the energy is like still being locked inside the body. Mm. So I'm seeing all of this and it was story after story after story. And I still have more stories to go, but it's like, it's so much easier and it is so much more, um, clear, I guess, as opposed to an ayahuasca journey. And again, I'm not, I love, I love the grandmother medicine, but it's a lot of physical work. And again, like why I totally suggest everyone do it. I think a, a practice of this type of breath work was such a way of breathing that can tap you in to purge energy out with sound and breath is so much more gentle, mm. still powerful, depending on your history, it could be incredibly powerful, but it is still more readily available. It's not like, you know, guys go to the jungle, see you in two months, you know, you come back, people quit their jobs. There's so many extremes that happen when people come off of a plant medicine journey that have never done anything psychedelic, hallucinogenic before. So it's almost shocking to the system. Relation mm. period is hard. And I feel like with the breath work, it's so much easier, which is why after I went through my seven week course with Aaron, um, I was like, I need to be doing this. It was calling me. I never had a call to like sit with medicine and serve. It just isn't me. But I had this calling for breath work. I'm like, this is so incredibly deep healing for me. And it still is to this day that I want to be able to offer it to other people. Because sometimes we, we know something's off. We feel something's off, but we don't know. Because sometimes people completely block out their childhood. They'll block out a series of their life or a time in their life and they can't get to it. They don't know what's making them feel ill. So that's why I'm practicing the breath work. And that's why I hold space because as somebody who's healing herself, I think it's so incredibly important that people know that these things are out there and that it doesn't have to be a month away. It doesn't have to completely put you out. It can be a little by little by little. And I find in my sessions that people always get with at the time what they need and what they can handle. So for instance, women have trouble with the throat chakra. I've had friends that have attended, they get stuck, they can't let any sound out, but by the second and third time, they're like, ah, you know, and like yep. these things. So I feel like it's 
it's more gentle. Um, it also works with you because it's your medicine. It's your breath. You're not taking anything externally that's causing an effect. Right. Even though with a plant medicine, you have to very spiritually, energetically allow the medicine to work. Same thing with breath work, but you're in charge of the medicine. So it gets intense. You can calm it down. You can sit with it. You can express things out. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now. I can go on and on, but I'm going <laughs> to. That's, that's amazing. I think that's really cool. Again, I just see this time and time again, especially with the guests that I have on clients that I work with students, like on their journey, there's like these little pit stops mm -hmm. and you had to learn like all of these different tools and modalities to like gather up your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you are, you know, holistic and wellness, breathwork coach, right? And you needed all of those tools to help other people on their journey. You had to go through all these different adversities with your health to help people on their journey. And it's really cool how you have taken those health adversities and have the curiosity, your own curiosity has turned it into your own healing medicine, honestly. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's so cool. And seriously, breath, let's be real. Breath is life. Like this is our number one life force. Like that's why if we're not breathing, we're dead. We're so yeah, it's a detoxifier. And, you know, it's just so interesting because I see, right. Like a lot of my clients, if I'm like doing one-on-one -on -one training or something, and like, they're talking about these pains that they have, and I'm noticing that they're not even breathing. I'm like, yeah, that's because you don't know how to breathe properly. So mm -hmm. it's it's really cool because, and the style, by the way, guys, that Mary does, the style of breath work is totally different than what you're thinking of. Um, maybe we'll, we'll go into that too. But um, when you just can re, you have to like rewire your brain and your nervous system to breathe properly. So optimally breathing through the nose, that's going to provide more oxygen to the body. It can even change your facial structure, which is pretty cool. Um, so highly suggest breathing through your nose. <laughs> breath was like really mind opening, right? So yeah. my husband read, it was just like, what? To know that like as a species, we're breathing more and more shallow as time goes on. It's like we're barely breathing. I don't know if you have this experience, but I'll be driving on the LIE and I'm just like, I need to take a breath. I need to take a deep yep. breath. Yet, so like, you know, you're, you're driving and you're like, it's, it can be intense, especially during, you know, high traffic times. And you're just like, I'm just, I just got to get over here. And they're like, oh my God, I haven't taken a breath. And so that's, that's when I try and remember, especially when I'm driving, because I live on the North Fork. So anytime I go up island, it takes a while. So I keep telling myself, oh, just breathe. Don't forget to breathe. And I do that often. Um, yeah. if you forget, it's just like, it's almost like a gasp. It's like, well, I can't believe I haven't been doing this. What, what, what's going on? Oh, all of this is going on, you know? So you forget, but yeah. We're so externally focused with like the busy life that we don't like, again, we're so dis, it, it brings us out of our body. We're so disconnected from the body. And I completely agree. I think breath work is one of the most potent healing tools out there. Again, like why would we be able to breathe as, as a species, you know, in the first place? Mm -hmm. Um, so why don't you talk about holotropic breath work and describe kind of how it goes? Because a lot of people don't 
know about it. They think like, oh yeah, pranayama breathing or, you know, alternate nostril breathing. No, no, this is very different. (laughs) Okay. So, um, just want to clarify too. So holotropic breathwork was created by Stan Groff and his wife, Christina in the late sixties at Esalen, which is in Big Sur, California. Mm. Um, I have a dear friend who's been working with him over the years. And I feel like honored to just be even connected to the origin of that. But the breathwork that I hold space for, it, it, so all the breathwork comes from there. Aside from um, the pranayama, a lot of the breathwork for medicine purposes all come from Stan Groff, as far mm. as I understand. But there's been changes along the way. So the breathwork that I do, which is very similar, um, I was trained by Aaron Telford and David Elliott, and David was Aaron's teacher. So it's a, a two or three part breathwork. And we do use the mouth. I know it's like against our nature to breathe through the mouth, but we do use the mouth. And what ends up happening is we, because it keeps most of it up here and like not necessarily in the body as much as deep nasal breathing would, you're still oxygenating the body very much so, but you're getting a lot of air up here, right? So you're, it's bringing it to the hypothalamus and it's bringing energy to the pineal gland and it's sort of calming down the frontal cortex. So the way that the breath work works is it over oxygenates, but even oxygenates this even more. So it calms the body down, right? Mm. And then into the body because the body holds like all the anxiety, all the trauma, all the stories, all the narratives. And it's what's in here that fogs up our lens and how we see the world. So using something as simple as just a, a, a rhythmic breath that can get you into your body and as little as two minutes, but for most yeah. people on the seven minute mark, um, once you get in there, you're, you're in a complete altered state of consciousness. So you do feel like you're on something. The first time I did it, I'm like, what's in the air? My husband <laughs> had done one of Aaron's uh, videos and was, it didn't come down for about two hours and finally comes out. He's like, I felt like somebody drugged me. I'm like, it's, no, it's not drugs. Like it's not, it's you and you have DMT in your lungs. So part of what this rhythmic breath and the holotropic breath and the somatic breath, whatever you want to call it, it, it instigates the release of DMT in our lungs. And the more clear your body is of the traumas and the energy and all of that, the more DMT will release, the more hallucinogenic that experience will become. Mm. So and a lot of my time purging energy and stories and traumas that I didn't remember I had. Nowadays, I have the more psychedelic experience where I'm connecting to the higher consciousness and I'm being guided, you know, not directly because we're never told right. what to do. We're just given, you know, knowledge, right? Right. I spend my time doing that when I do my breath work. Although, you know, I'm still excavating. I don't, I don't believe that's ever fully done. Although I have friends that will argue with me about that. And I do understand their perspective, but maybe that's as far as they had to go. I feel like I'm getting into ancestral stuff and I'm sort of unweaving the family stuff, you know, the family uh, traumas. I and agree I- with you. I feel like healing is is spiralic and it's just like a never ending thread, I guess you could say, of just evolving the soul, really, which is very cool. And also, I don't know, like this is a topic for another discussion, but, you know, I believe in past lives and your soul holds on to those traumatic experiences or, or, you know, like any type of experience that you didn't heal in that lifetime and your soul remembers it and carries it on with you. So like, for example, you being scared of red, like who knows what happened also, you know, in a past life, whether, you know, 
sometimes it's childhood, sometimes it's ancestral, but that's why I believe that like breath work and utilizing this type of tool can help you like access that. Totally. When I was, you know, it's another discussion, but it's, but it's amazing. Uh, there was a book called Many Lives, Many Masters that I read a long, long time ago. Yep. Friend that went to the, you know, community events in New York City back, you know, in the late nineties. And I was so moved by that. Like I understood it. It made sense to me. And I was like, this makes more sense than anything else I've ever taken in, you know, aside from like spiritual practices, but like this makes sense for a quite literal physical explanation as opposed to like the spiritual, because we all have different walks, right? Right. I just fell in love with that. And like, we carry forth energy from previous lives. We get livers from our mother, you know, and a lot of the anger sits in there. So we're born with this, like maybe anxiety. We don't know where it comes from. It doesn't come from our experiences. It comes from the mom, mm-hmm. mother. And it's just like this lineage of like, ah, when does it end? You know, when does it end? How to manage it. Like, it's just learning how to manage all these variables that are part of your being. And I think I manage that pretty well. You know, I have my days like most people do. I don't ever want to give off the idea that because I've done breath work, because I live holistically, because I have diabetes under management, that like life's a breeze. Like it's not. The human experience is is strewn with challenges. And unless you're being challenged, like there's not that much room for growth. So while I'm in the middle of those shifts and breathwork is definitely helpful for me to be more of the observer, those shifts are still difficult. So it's not that, you know, you do the breath work and you do the plant medicine, you do all these things and then ta-da, life's great and you're a monk. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. It's, it's, we're here for the human experience. So challenges are going to keep coming. And I feel like the stronger we get because of the tools that we use, the more at ease we are, the more we flow through these challenges, as opposed to like, I always say it's me 10 years ago. Like I would have fallen flat on my face, maybe in 15 years ago. Like I would have literally fallen down. I shared a, um, a post that I had had from years ago and it, it wasn't mine. It was an artwork. And it's like, you know, the big wolf with all the, the, the bows in its back. And then the little wolf on the ground with one bow and it's on the ground. It's dying. So it's like me now and me before. And I was like, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But you know, you also have to, it's not to say there's any kind of hierarchy, but we have to go through those challenges to evolve and to grow. Yeah. You know, this conversation can go in a hundred different ways, but um, if, if there's not, not a challenge or avoiding the challenge, like that room for growth um, doesn't happen. We don't get mm. the ability to grow. We're just in this pattern and these stories that just are cyclical and that life feels the same every day. And I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of people have that I see out in the world is that they're, they're complaining. They know something's not right, but they're nervous to take any steps towards healing. Um, I do have a new offering coming up, which is all about the healing modalities. But um, in order to like invite somebody to do that, you can't force people. But I feel like if you put it out there and you literally show how easy it is, people will get into it. It's the stepping into the puddle, the healing puddle that makes people nervous because they don't really want to get wet, but you right. have to get wet in order to completely wash away everything that you know that doesn't belong in here. You know, it's like, it's, of course our experiences create who we are, but those experiences are, are all for growth. And I, I absolutely believe that even being diabetic, celiac, you name it, like all of that is for growth. All of that is for my own medicine. Um, it's again, like what you said, I'm offering that all of my knowledge to people, which is why I chose the name tonic because tonic is an elixir that makes you feel better. 
So everything that I am in a package, you know, if I'm serving it up to people, whether it's, you know, on a park bench at the dock and it's conversation, I feel like we're always giving out a little bit of our medicine wherever we go, like simple conversations, exchanges, smiling, saying hello on the street. Like that's all medicine as small as that. Like just being aware that we're all connected with other people, you know, and having that desire to like make somebody feel better just in a moment just smile and say hi you know keep walking you don't have to have a conversation but like that's also our medicine you know and I think people need that and we need theirs you know even when their medicine has a bad taste sometimes like we <laughs> I love it I love it yes um I mean every time that I've done breath work with you it was so potent and it's truly Mary's tonic <laughs> and 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 also you're just able to you know you meet people who are in the healing world and you can tell if someone can hold a lot of space and like you can hold a lot of space for people and you know it's it's a safe environment I you can people are screaming people are crying people are singing it it depends on what's trapped in the body that needs to come out and whatever sound or expression it needs to mm -hmm. literally come out of your energetic yeah. being and physical body as. Um, and you do a really, really great job doing that. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I think it's just so important for people to know why breath work is so important. You know, not only is it great for cleansing and clearing and, and purifying, but it also has health benefits down the road. So um, incredible health benefits because again, it's all interconnected. It's all oh. interconnected. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I also like when I show up for a session, like I try, I have my, my preparation. So the things that I do during the day that I make sure that, you know, I'm human. So like not all the stuff is left at the door, not all right. the time, because it's like, sometimes I'm getting a call from my daughter right before I walk into a room. Um, but just grounding and remembering that like, I'm here to serve. And I feel that, like, I feel that I feel so much stronger and like, it's almost like I'm, I'm taken over by another force and I know exactly where to go. I know exactly who needs me. And it's like this clarity that I have when I get into session and the first couple of times I did it, you know, in session with people, cause I was doing it online for a little while. Um, I was like, okay, who was that? what was that? You know, it's like, okay, that was me clear of everything that I am storing because I have to serve as a vessel for other people. And I can help them pull their energy out of their body. I can help them move things. I, I coach them to make noise. Some people are resistant. You can always feel that in the room. Um, and that's their journey, you know, just a little bit here and there for people. I think it's good. Not everybody's, you know, ready to like have a huge release, but a little bit at a time and a little bit of chiseling is really like what I'm hoping people get out, even if they're resistant to the work and, and the medicine. But yeah, I really, I love it. I feel like it's something I'm supposed to be doing. Um, it's very different from my corporate job, very different in a lot of ways, but I'm like, okay, this is what I'm aligned to do. And this is what I'm being called to do. And my own breath work with, you know, the higher consciousness is like exactly where you're supposed to be. So I'm, I, that resonates with me and I feel very happy and, and grateful to be doing this work. Um, and also like weaving in all of my other knowledge 
we know when I hold space, right? So we'll talk a little bit about food, talk a little bit about the natural beauty, talk a little bit about what's going on in the world energetically, of course. Right. So I bring a lot to the table um, when I do hold session. You absolutely do. It's it's so great. And, and it's very refreshing too, because you're coming from a space of what you just said, like, this is what I'm meant to do. And that's always evolving, right? Totally. But it's clear you you took that leap of faith from leaving corporate job and being like, this is, this is what I have to do. Like I have to do this. Um, and it shows, and it's really cool how you can also resonate with people because of the journey that you have had with your health. If you don't have your health, you literally don't have anything. You don't I really understood that, you know, and I have to say like, and this is, um, uh, something that I, I would love to admit because we're on, I'll, I'll admit it, but there's like the only sort of envy that I have in the world. The only envy at all is maybe not even envy, but when I see people that don't have health challenges, like completely trashing their bodies and then they start to suffer and then they don't understand why. And you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you. You know, family, especially is really difficult, but right watch people that have zero reason to mistreat and to hurt themselves. And it's really hard to stand by. And then I get a little bit, a little bit jealous. Like I have so much work I have to do to manage this, you know, and I have, you know, autoimmune stuff. It's like, man, how dare you take your health and trash it. So I, I admit that outwardly because it does. It's like, you, it's not, it's not difficult. It's just, it's so super easy to fall into bad habits. And I understand that, but yeah people need to take care of themselves. This is exactly why we're doing what we do. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have to suffer, you know? Um, and it, like my, even my attachment to the natural beauty thing. So type one diabetes is also dubbed an aging disease because of glycation and the destruction of collagen. And I'm 47. And like, I don't think I feel 47 or look 47. And there's a reason why I haven't aged as quickly. It's because of how I take care of myself. So that's near and dear to my heart too. You know, I don't want to, do the things and I'm, it's fine if people do, but I don't need to mess with the challenges that I already have. I don't need to make my current challenges even more difficult, you know? I totally, totally feel you on that. Cause I, I mean, same, you know, a lot of my friends, everybody's getting Botox and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I've been through enough. I've had surgeries that are, that I didn't elect for and had to do. So like, I'm good. Do you, but also there are other ways that you can manage and take care of your skin yourself. This is, you only get one of these, you only get one body right now, right? In this lifetime, you get one body. So you better be taking care of the vessel that holds your soul. Because if you have a big mission in, excuse me, in this lifetime, you better be taking care of yourself. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of courage and a lot of healing and a lot of deep diving. And, you know, the only way to do that is to truly cater to the physical body. Yeah. We need to like be deeply in love with what we're, we're sitting in, you know, like this has to be connected. I think that's Absolutely. Something from the body too. I mean, you, you teach people with physical therapy and you do work with them, physical work. So you understand, like, I'm sure you can see that some, there's sometimes a, a disconnect and like another oh, yeah. thing work helps with is like to help you connect to this, you know? So aside from, you know, the things that you and I don't do and the things that we see others do, which is totally fine. If you could detox, great. I'm not going to take that risk. Um, but 
yeah, anyway, there's a many, million different tools that people can, can utilize to even help themselves when they do stuff that is probably not the healthiest thing, like detox, make sure right. you're eating a healthy diet and getting some of that stuff out. Cause we know it's not good. It's got a black box warning on it, you know, right. <laughs> Careful. Oh, right. Oh, so many, I'm, I'm definitely going to have you on for a part two, but as we wrap up, what are some words of wisdom that you would like to leave the listeners? Learn how to listen to your body. That's number one. Um, if you learn how to listen to your body, you will know what foods to feed yourself. You will know when you have to bust out tools to ground yourself. You will know what your spirit needs. You have to connect with your intuition. And that to me is the most powerful thing that we have because it's our clear connection to the pineal gland and to higher consciousness. Connect, connect with this because it, you can't really get it. You can't get anywhere and ignore it, you know, and you can't, you know, do all these spiritual practices and connect higher up, but not like bring it back into the body. And sometimes we know that when we do a lot of this, you know, spiritual work, our bodies have trouble keeping up. So we need to slow down. So if you're listening, you'll know, slow it down, eat this, not that. Here's what makes me feel good. Here are the practices that make me feel good. And I know rituals are difficult, but get rituals in place so that you can treat the whole being, because that's what holistic means, treat the whole being, mind, body, and spirit simultaneously like not just separately we're not disconnected mm. feel into it I love that amazing thank you so much I'm so happy you could come on thank you so much for having me I miss you <laughs> I miss you too I'll see you soon I'm gonna come to the next bre- breath work class okay awesome where can people find you um so I have all of my classes listed on my website I'm doing a uh, twice a month series at Soundview in Greenport, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, Twice a month, I'll be there. Once a month, I'm at Emerge. Once a month, I'm at um, Sonsei Hot Yoga in Wading River. I've been at Inhales in St. James. I'll probably be back there Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I'm ever expanding. So I like to work with bigger groups. So um, I need that bigger space and I don't have a yoga studio. So I'm traveling to other studios. So if you know anyone that wants to hold space in their space, um, I'm happy to do that too. Absolutely. And what, so what's your Instagram and what's your website? Okay. So my website is marytonic.com and my Instagram is the same at mary.tonic. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you. You too, my love. Guys, if you like this episode, like, share, subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.